Well, happy Easter and welcome to week eight of Lent Life Job as we conclude the Sundays of the this series, although we have the rest of this week still to read uh, in the journey guide if you're going through that. Uh, today we are joined by Corey Morris. Hello. Hello, hello. And who are you, Corey Morris? Uh, I am uh, Daniel Smith. No, I'm Corey Morris. Um, I do high school ministry here. Um, actually, junior high as well. We've got them combined at this point. Um, and I've been working with Element for two years now, just over. Is the combination just because of COVID right now, or is it like a plan yeah. until? Honestly, I really like it. I think it's working out well. Um, for the most part, yeah, it's because of COVID, and they didn't have um, junior high basically met on Sunday mornings. Uh, and since we were, for the most part, shut down, uh, we kind of took them in, took them under our wing, as you may say. And does your son Nolan still fit into his little carharts? He doesn't, unfortunately. Um, that was It felt like it was a, a real quick use. Had him on one day and the next day they didn't fit. But it was really for the purpose of the dedication anyway. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but I do love him and we're keeping him. Uh, every kid we have will wear them. So, nice. So, yeah. And I do have an idea, if you guys want to hear about it. What is your idea? Uh, so when kids, they quickly grow out of everything. Uh, I'm thinking when you have a good item, like the Carhartt overalls, for instance, uh, you could have lengths. So as they grow, you would zipper on the new length to like the pant legs or, or whatnot. You don't have to worry about arms because it's overalls. So, Okay, so how about this? Instead of adding zippers to it, when you buy it, there's just one zipper or like three extra zippers, one for the legs, one for the torso, and there's actually like extra in there. And so instead of you have to like add something every time, it's already there. You just unzip it and it goes, because it's already in it. So It's like it, a parachute that yeah. just keeps... Yeah. How thick would those pants be? Dude, look. Babies. This, <laughs> I, I'm not a baby. I'm not wearing it. I don't care. All right. And with that, would you mind giving a recap of this message? Today is Easter, and we get to the end, essentially, of the Job journey of what we're looking through, except for the stuff you're going to finish this week in your journey guides. Now, Job's story, which we kind of ended a lot last week, gets to the place where he realizes God, who God is, and that completely changes his life. In the scriptures, there is this idea of taste and seeing that the Lord is good, and Job gets to taste and see that God is good. Now, today we get to see that ultimately what Jesus came to do for us, and our rescue, and our redemption, and our salvation. And we understand understand that God has given all of us certain desires in our lives. And all of those desires, when lived in a godly way, are meant to bring us back to who God is, to see His goodness and His grace. And all the things that Job kind of sees of who God reveals Himself to be, we get to also experience when we understand the right desires that God has given us. Our lives are not about trying harder to love God. It's about resting in the love and grace that He has already given us, living out that in every single day, because that is what is going to lead to a joyful, full life. So you talked a lot about the desires, material desires, achievement desires, relational desires, physical desires. Um, so what desires, and this is your question in the middle, what desires has God given you and or what, what makes you come alive? Corey, we'll throw that to you. Oh, okay. Something that I've had since I was very young, probably a teenager, is the desire to be a husband and a father. Um, which is probably pretty abnormal, I think, for a teenager. I think desires are usually the the closer mm-hmm. the closer stuff. Uh, but for me, it was always to be a, a father um, and a father and a how husband. Many? Does it did it matter? It just... uh, I mean, that kind of fluctuates. Uh, when you have one, you start thinking, "Do I want a second one?" <laughs> well, actually, can I handle a second one? Is probably the better question. Um, 
That's probably uh, one of my oldest uh, desires that I've kind of hung on to, and that obviously stems from my relationship with my father. Um, so can you expand that a little bit about your dad? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't meet my dad until I was six years old. Um, he was around until I was about two, and my mom decided that the relationship wasn't healthy. Uh, he was addicted to alcohol and drugs and stuff like that. So, And uh, I didn't meet him until I was six years old. So I always wondered who my dad was. Do I you was, remember that meeting at six years old? Uh, I don't remember it specifically. I remember more actually, oddly enough, when I was younger, asking about who my dad was, mm-hmm. uh, not knowing him. That was actually kind of... Uh, a more impressionable experience than the meeting itself. From a young age, you know, the desire to meet my dad and why isn't he here? Why doesn't he, you know, care about his family maybe? Or maybe he's just too busy or, you know, what what that's like. Um, And so when I finally met him, um, it wasn't, you know, all it was cracked up to be in reality. But of course, I didn't know. I thought it was, you know, kind of the greatest moment of my life. My dad was around at that point because my mom had decided, um, you know, it was okay for him to kind of be a part of my life. He had cleaned up and, and changed his life, uh, which I really believe he so did. did he move here? He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He moved here. Um, and then my parents actually got married. They weren't married to begin with and then got married. Uh, I think my mom wanted to, you know, create a normal family, whatever normal mm-hmm. is, family life. Um, and, of course, that didn't pan out because, you know, people changing takes a lifetime, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, How long were they married for? Ten years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I got quite a few years of, you know, experiencing what it's like to have a dad, I guess. Um, my dad was really trying for a long time, at least from the perspective of a, of a kid and from what I saw. Um, and it just didn't last. He kind of fell back into old sin and stuff mm-hmm. and his, you know, his crutches and stuff like that. When things got, I think when things got difficult, he probably just reached back to what was comforting for him. So all this bred into you, this desire to not only have a family, but I'm sure there's a, that aspect of what, I mean, what, what, did you want to redeem a fatherhood or? So I think, you know, as a teenager, my mind was, I can do this better, right? Mm-hmm. I can be a better father. I can be a better husband. That's my goal is I want to be better. Uh, and the more that, you know, obviously when, you know, I became a Christian in my life, you know, slowly changing and God changing my heart. I think that desire is turning into redemption because I'm realizing I'm not better. I'm not a better person than than anybody, um, but my dad. In fact, uh, realizing that I could be just like my dad if it weren't for or Jesus. You know, um, mm-hmm. and not that my dad's like the epitome of bad or anything. I think he's just like everybody else. But the normal dad, really, that was yeah, just messed up like everybody else, struggled like everybody else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I didn't realize that when I was younger. Obviously, mm-hmm. I thought like this is not for well it's not okay but you know he is worse than me because of x y or z Mm -hmm. i think as i got older um you know god was like well you're just like your dad so how so how is having a baby getting married then having a baby how is that almost like like a resurrection story like it almost seems like that you know time growing up with your dad it's like that's like lent and then you get married and have a baby and that's like easter and joy and resurrection and new life uh, so for me, um, getting, well, getting married, which has been 10 years now in June, um, that initially just made me realize how selfish I was. Uh, so it didn't feel like redemption. It felt like, wow, I am terrible. <laughs> and that's, I mean, it doesn't change. When I, when I had a kid, it felt the same way. Like, well, I am very selfish. My kid needs a lot because, well, kids are very selfish too. Um, so what I think God is teaching me is that literally relying on him, walking with him is the only thing that makes any difference in that.
And so uh, the redemption in that is knowing that God, uh, despite our sin and despite, um, you know, no one being good, is that he's willing to walk with us. The fact that he's willing to come to where we are and say, hey, take my hand. I got you. Let's walk together. And that changes everything. I like that everybody has a story. And it seems so often that we don't realize everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Well, we become so myopic in our right. our story and our whatever it is that and, we and we and we look at how people react to things and do things. Like like seriously, it, what's your dad's story of growing up? You know, why mm-hmm. did he end up being in a place where he ran towards alcohol and drugs rather than engaging life in in a real way? So I appreciate you sharing that because one of the questions I was going to say is. Where are some of the other, you know, material achievement, relational desires? Uh, and that's definitely a very relational desire to have yeah. a family to redeem, whether you, those were the words you would have put into it, but to, to change kind of that, what you experience you had for, for somebody else. Um, yeah, I'm not assuming that you have a baby and you're like, it's like Easter. You know, cause, <laughs> yeah, it's not the thoughts that you have, but, yeah. but it, is, it is kind of the idea of new life and redemption story when yeah. you kind of put it in the narrative of the gospel, I think, that, of what God does. Right. It points well, us in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Because the one of the things you said in the message is every time we experience an authentic desire, a God-implanted desire in us, we should come to understand more deeply uh, who God is and what kind of God he is. So I wanted to ask, now that you're a parent and, and you're dealing with a child that is selfish in of his own right and, and it shows you how selfish you are does it do you see God in, in a different way now do you relate to him as as maybe a father um, like how how does that change yeah I mean learning to offer uh, baby grace is really strange uh, because they don't understand any of it and they don't care at this point right um, but when you get frustrated and you know, you, I don't know how someone reacts to, you know, a baby doing something. It's your reaction now is the only thing you can control, right? I can't make my baby happy or, you know, quit crying or whatever. Sorry, and how about you? Do you have, what makes you come alive in the desires of God? Well, I feel like I can't say anything after that. It's so good. But you go first. So I've always had this desire, and maybe it's a God-implanted desire, to be understood in a way. Like I have these ideas and concepts in my head, and I always want people to understand them. And that now leads me to a place where kind of I do what I do. And when I, when I speak through things, I, I swear that people tell me I am much more of a teacher than even like a preacher. Because I like, I like every single message that I give to people, them to people to walk away with something. It's just not the, the things you've heard a million other times. I want everybody to go, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I learned that. Like every time I want people to learn something because... I want to learn things. And so I want to explain this to people too so they can hear and learn. And that desire leads me to what I teach and how I teach and why I plan so far out to think through all these things because I want people to learn and grow. And I think that desire can and that desire can become codependent if it's like, when everybody to understand me. And, or it can, it can become a godly thing if I use it in a way that people can grow and I think through things in ways that I can help people to grow. So I think it can be bad on one end or it could be good on the other. It all depends on where my focus is with it. Well, I think that's a core tenet of who God made us, right? So God made us to be worshipers, but he also made us to be learners. Like, like we're, we're never supposed to just be at the end of knowledge. And he, he created us to continually walk in his ways. And he, he's the one who teaches us the right way of living through people and scripture and stuff. But like, so I think that that's a, that's a good thing that, that we learn. I think I also have a desire for community too. 
because I, I get energized by being around people. The first week we started services again. You know, what, what is that, a couple weeks ago at this point now? And when we, when we do that and we, start, and we start services, I got up that morning and I'm just like, man, I don't want to hang out with anybody today. I'm just tired. And as soon as I get here and people are here, I'm like, I come alive and I feel, I'm like, oh, this is great, people. And then at the end, I don't even want to leave. Because people were there and we were hanging out and I just enjoy being around people. And that's, that's a desire that I, that I have. Like my wife has a desire many times to not be around people because that's how she kind of re-energizes. But the more I'm around people, the more excited I get and the more that I want to be around them. So how do we, um, how do we embrace the, the desires God's given us and follow them and, and pursue them in, in bright ways? Well, I always think you can take things completely negatively. Like people go, oh, you just can't run after your desires. You're going to sin. But this is why we look at God-given desires and what they're supposed to look like on, as we live them out. Because, yeah, you can take any desire and turn it towards sin. And so I think it's important first when we start to understand what that desire is to look for ways that we can honor and glorify God with it. I think if we don't, we're doing a disservice to the desire God's given us and a disservice to God and us. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the first thing is when you step into that, it's like, okay, how can this desire that God has given me be used for good? I think there's a lot of times that people don't understand that the desires God gives us are meant to lead us to joy and understanding how good he is. And if we can't understand a way to live out that desire that he's given us, we talk to other people. This is why community is important. This is a desire I have. How do you think that works out in a way that honors God? And I think community can help in that. Yes. I concur. So what do you, Corey, for you, if youth come up and they're, you know, especially as they're ending with school, mm-hmm. high school, like, and, and they have desires, or do they even realize desires? Or, or how, how do you counsel them as they enter into adulthood, so to speak? Yeah, that's, that's a wonderful question. Um, the desire that usually comes up the most is dating. Like, I mean, you know, you guys remember high school, you want to date. Um, and that's a, that's a tough one to navigate because... The best answer for a lot of guys is just, just don't. No, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's usually what I give and it, and it's like, this is why. And I actually have experiences in my life, you know, where dating in high school wasn't the best decision. Um, and you know, I feel like, um, high school students hear like hear what you're saying, but they're like, but come on, I'm not you like, or, or whatever. As long as the, the desire is a godly desire, um, there's advice that you can give and a place that they can start, you know, well, if this is what you want, here's how you begin to do that thing, whatever that thing is. If it's dating, start praying for your wife. Don't date yet. That's that's probably not the direction you want to go right the, away. The best advice you give to kids when they when they talk about you know, what are you just what it, do you think that your future spouse out there could be dating somebody else? Okay, sure. What do you want them to do with them? Yeah. Then that's what stay you away do. from them. Yeah. <laughs> then, that's what, then that's what you do. You just treat them like you want your future spouse treated. Well, thank you both. Happy Easter. Appreciate your time uh, today. And going back to everyone has a story. Uh, and maybe if you're getting together with somebody, family over Easter, uh, listen to their story. Listen to see what uh, they've gone through and, and how it shapes their desires, uh, whether it's the, the material, achievement, relational, and physical. Be listening to how what desires are in people and how we can encourage each other on to uh, pursue godly things in it to honor him um, and use his gifts of those desires for his good. 
uh, for his glory and our good. And with that, we'll see you next week. Uh, I, I would like to say, too. As we jump if, back into Greatest Story Ever Retold. If you guys eat something or drink something today, any of you guys. Uh, or watch TV. Or watch TV. Just take a moment in that and realize how good God is. Mm. Because you, whatever bite, if you eat something that tastes good, you'd be like, man, this is good. Because God didn't have to make food taste good. Could have just made nutrients. It's like I always say, could have just made it grow on trees like nutri nuggets, and that's what your food is. Oh, goodness. But no, He makes it taste good. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Boom. We're done? We're good? All right. Thank you. Cool. That wasn't so bad. Did you hear about the, uh, the the youth guy and the Muslim and the Christian that walk into a bar? No. Neither am I. I just wondered if you heard it. <laughs>